So we've um, been talking about Pentecost, started on Pentecost Sunday a few weeks ago, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit coming. I thank God that he came today again. <clears throat> there's a, you know, when we think about the Holy Spirit coming, there are so, there's so much wrapped up into that, and I, I wanted to, through the, these few weeks, um, just talk about when the Holy Spirit comes, you know, what did he come to do and why did he come to do it? And I'm, I said, as I've shared before, I, I specifically am, we're looking at the words of Jesus alone right now. We're just looking at um, the things that Jesus said about the coming of the Holy Spirit. It was his promise. He was the promise maker, and he is the promise keeper. And when someone makes a promise, it's their word that we hang our hat on. And so I wanted us to look at the words and understand what the Holy Spirit does when he comes to us and, and again, why he comes to us. And last week I shared that Jesus um, talked about the Holy Spirit and he said that he was... Um, sending another helper, another helper, and we realized that as we looked at that, that that another helper means the same kind as Jesus. Like when we got the Holy Spirit, we didn't get second place prize. We're not in the runner-up, you know. God, he's he's not the redheaded stepchild. Sorry if you're redheaded or stepchild. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a a saying. But he is everything that Jesus is. And he's another kind just like Jesus. And he is on the earth carrying on the ministry of Jesus. He's carrying on the ministry of Christ. And I shared last week that one of the things the helper does when he comes to us is he helps to comfort us in our times of loneliness. Um, you know, Jesus was leaving the disciples he was getting ready to go. They didn't even fully understand what was going on at this point. And he knew they, once he left, and he said this to him, he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to do that. I'm sending you another helper. Jesus promised to send the helper. And it was an answer. And this is what we shared last week. It, it is an answer. It is a solution. It is a response to loneliness to feeling like an orphan, like I'm all alone in this world. No one cares about me. No one loves me. The Holy Spirit is the answer to that problem. He, Jesus promised to send him, and he's here. He's here to meet our need. He's here to answer the loneliness need that you have. And we all experience it. It happens. But we don't have to live there. Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit to break off that orphan spirit, to break off that loneliness. Well, today I want to continue looking at what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do when he comes to us. And if you remember last week, I shared a list because I, I, we went through uh, John 14, John 15, John 16 to come up with a list of things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. And so I just wanted to read through that list one more time. Jesus said he, he was another helper. 
Um, He promised that he would teach the disciples all things. He would bring to remembrance all that Jesus spoke to the disciples. He would bear witness of Jesus. He convicts everyone of sin, convicts everyone of righteousness, convicts everyone of judgment. He will guide us in all truth. He will speak and declare to us what he hears from the Father and the Son. He will declare things to come. He will glorify Jesus. He will take what belongs to Christ and he will declare it to us and he will give us power. We went back too many. Now it's doing it again. Hop back some slides, please. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Wow. What the heck's going on here? There we go. He will give us power when he comes. I'm going to have to watch my slides here. So, he gives us power. And last week, again, we shared that he's another helper. Well, today I want to look at um, the the specific um, thing that he does is he teaches the disciples all things. And he brings to remembrance all that Jesus spoke, and he bears witness um, to us. And this is in John 14 is where we see this. Now it's not working at all. Yes, John 14. So let's read in verse 25. It says, These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now, This passage, it has a very special meaning to the people he's talking to, to the disciples. This passage has special meaning to us as well, but it's not exactly the same fully as what it means to the disciples. Jesus promised the coming of the Holy Spirit, and he would teach all things and remind them everything that Jesus said to them. So that means that the Spirit would continue for Jesus, this teaching ministry of Jesus. The Spirit is also going to remind the disciples of what Jesus had taught them. You see, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the apostles were going to be able to remember and write what Jesus said. Like John's Gospel. You know, even the entire New Testament It would not exist if it were not for this reminding work of the Holy Spirit. So the special meaning of John 25 and 26 for the disciples is that the Holy Spirit is uniquely guiding and recording the New Testament through these guys. This is special to them only Because once they finished all that would be the New Testament, there would be no more Holy Scripture written. Right? None of us are writing Scripture. If you are, you're a cult. (laughs) We'll pray for you. None of us are writing Scripture. So this, that isn't the application for us. Jesus walked and talked with the disciples for over three years, right? So they are absolutely going to need the assistance of the helper to help them remind everything that Jesus taught them. 
So, I mean, let's think about this for a moment. The, the Gospel of John that we've been reading, it was written over 50 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. Matthew's Gospel was written about 20 to 30 years after the resurrection of Jesus. Same thing for Mark's Gospel. It was written about 20 to 30 years after Jesus. And Luke was written around 30 years after the resurrection of Jesus. So just imagine for a minute, let's say you're 50 something right now. And you went to, maybe you went to college right out of high school. Imagine if I were to ask you to write out everything you learned in the first three years of college. Yeah, we're all laughing about that one, right? Well, imagine you're in your... You're 40-something, you know, and I asked you to write out every account of everything you learned in the last three years of your high school career, like conversations, detailed conversations you had with a professor, you know, conversations you had at the lunch table, like what happened when you were walking from one class to the next, that's the kind of detail that we're asking, and, and, and that's what the, the apostles are having to think and remind themselves. Well, they're not going to remember that, not without supernatural help. I mean, if we were able to do, the, write, you know, whatever, let's say you were, I mean, that would be like a sign and a wonder. Like, that would be so intense, because, you know, I mean, some of us can't even remember what the sermon was last week. Nervous laugh is okay. <laughs> We're talking 50 years after Jesus was resurrected and went to heaven that John's now going to write down detail account what Jesus said. So this promise, this, this thing of reminding, this ensures for us the validity of the New Testament. The disciples were eyewitnesses of Jesus, his life, and his teachings. And the Holy Spirit helped them remember without taking away even their individual perspectives. And so this is one of the reasons why we can have an incredible confidence that the Gospels are accurately recorded what Jesus taught and what he did. Paul says in in 1 Corinthians 2.10, he says, these things Uh, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him? So also, no one knows or comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Have Have you ever had something that was so amazing or worked so well that you found a way to talk about it all the time? You know, maybe it was a hair product, a favorite brand of makeup. Maybe it was a tool or a piece of equipment. Um, you know, in my world, in the guitar world, it's, uh, it's common to have an amp or a guitar or maybe a favorite guitar pedal that just makes everything sound amazing. You know, it's kind of like Norwex right now. I swear if I hear one more time how amazing Norwex is, 
I'm starting my own riots. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to make a sign. All cleaning products matter. I get it. I know when something works really well, you want to talk about it all the time. Well, this, this work, this reminding work was so amazing to the disciples. They talked about it. We, we, it's all through the scripture. We can look at Mark 13. It says, uh, when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. It says in three times in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, talks about listening to the teaching of the Holy Spirit. It says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 11, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 29, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And Paul does an excellent job of explaining this kingdom instruction this kingdom instruction that we're talking about that comes through the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 2. It says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand these things freely given to us. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by what? The spirit interpreting spiritual truths for those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but himself is to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of of Christ. Jesus promised the coming of the Holy Spirit would teach all things and help them remember everything that he said. Now, it's important to understand what teaching all things actually means. See, the Holy Spirit is uh, teaching all things. It doesn't mean he's teaching all things. I mean, the Holy Spirit didn't teach him how to drive a car, how to fly a plane, where gravity comes from, second law of thermodynamics, how to send an email, how electric guitar works. If I, let's say I owned a, an auto repair shop and I said to one of you, I have a job for you in my shop. I need your help rebuilding engines. Most of us would say, I have no idea how to do that, right? Well, then I would say, no problem. I'll teach you everything you need to know. Now, did I promise to teach you everything in life that is possible to know about? 
No. Or did I promise to teach you everything you need to know about rebuilding an engine? That's the one. So when Jesus promises the disciples that the Holy Spirit will teach them all things, it's a promise to teach all things within the limits of interpretation and significance of Jesus' work and his ministry. And here's a perfect example of this reminding and teaching ministry at work. John chapter 2. So the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it's taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. See, that was John. He's providing commentary. He's, he's wrote this 50 years later, and now he's put in here is this story. He's remembering this story by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. He's like, oh, this is, we figured the significance out of what he said. Ah, that's, this is the, what he meant when he said what he meant. When the disciples first heard Jesus say this, they didn't fully understand it. But again, John said in verse 22 that they remembered what Jesus said and understood its meaning. And so the Spirit worked in their minds, reminding them of his teaching and giving them insights into its meaning. Now, the Holy Spirit can do the same thing for us. The amazing coming of the helper is for our kingdom instruction as well. When we study the Bible, we can trust the Holy Spirit to plant truth into our mind, to convince us of God's will, and to remind us when we start to stray away from it. And when it comes to teaching us all things, we have confidence that the Holy Spirit will lead us deeper and deeper into the truth of God. You know, there should be never any excuse in our walk with the Lord to stop learning. If we ever come to a place where we feel like we have nothing left to learn, then we don't understand that the Holy Spirit comes for the purpose of ongoing kingdom instruction. So how does the Holy Spirit teach us? Well, as I said a minute ago, the reminding and teaching of the Holy Spirit begins with the written word of God, the Bible. In order for the Holy Spirit to provide us with kingdom instruction and remembrance, we have to have something for him to work with. You know, the disciples had Jesus in flesh and blood. They had their eyewitness accounts and the very spoken words of Jesus in their hearts and in their minds for the Holy Spirit to teach them from and to remind them of. Well, we have the exact same information. In the written word of God. We know what those guys knows. News knows. 
noted. We thunk like they thunk. We've got what they had. So, reading, studying, memorizing, meditating, and obeying put the words of Jesus firmly inside of us. And the Holy Spirit reminds us of its application as we move through life. Theologians use a word, it's called illumination, to describe uh, the Holy Spirit's process of helping us as believers understand Scripture. See, without God living inside a person, that person is unable to recognize and obey divine truth. But when a person's born again, the Holy Spirit helps us to see God's word with eyes of faith and with love. So when the Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus has said, it has two meanings. One, the Holy Spirit is constantly bringing back to us the things that Jesus said. We have an obligation. Everyone say obligation. We have an obligation to be thinking people. But, I don't want to say but, but our conclusions must lead to the tested words of Jesus. Every conclusion we have, it's got to be tested and weighed against what did Jesus say. See, it isn't that we have to discover truth. Jesus told us the truth. What we have to discover is the meaning and the interpretation of that truth. And so that's why Jesus says the Holy Spirit's coming to give you that benefit. The Holy Spirit is given to us as a gift to save us from arrogance and wrong thinking. The Holy Spirit is working in us to convince us of the truth of the Bible, keeping us from misunderstanding what it really, really means. And then the second thing, the Holy Spirit will keep us right in matters of conduct, how we live. I think nearly all of us probably have the same kind of experience in life. We are we get tempted to do something wrong, you know, send that really nasty text or puke out on face puke. We're on the brink of doing something wrong. We, we're, we're tempted, we come to the brink of doing it, and then, but then something pops up in our mind. Maybe it's something Jesus said. Maybe it's another verse from the Bible. Maybe it's uh, a sermon of someone we love and admire. Maybe it's a teaching even that we you know, received when we were kids. In the moment of danger, the Holy Spirit causes these memories to flash up before us. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives for kingdom instruction. 
don't hit send, don't do it. Is this love? No, but I don't really care right now. Well, that's the problem, oh prideful one. (laughs) Don't do it. Remember. Remember. I mean, think about how many times really the word is being reminded to us through the Holy Spirit. Just remember. Remember, love always trusts. Remember. I mean, most people I talk to, they claim to have read the whole Bible. Pastor, I've read the whole Bible. Well, that's great. How much do you remember? Well, the Holy Spirit's there saying, remember, remember, you love this person. Remember, these are important people. Remember, this is your family. Remember, issues and politics are not even close to as important as their heart. Remember, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. You know, John talks some more even about this teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit in 1 John. Verse 26, he says, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and it is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. We have a lot of opportunities right now to be deceived. So many opportunities. And John wrote this letter to his readers, and he was writing this as a warning to his readers about people who were falsely claiming to be Christ. That's the context. And John was telling them that they have this special, this anointing of the Holy Spirit inside of them that would keep them from being deceived by false teaching coming from false Christs. So what John is not saying that we love to sometimes get sideways on, he's not saying that we no longer need to listen to faithful preaching and teaching from the Bible from other people. It's not what he's saying. Because that would go against so many other passages of Scripture. Now, what he was doing is he was telling his readers, and us as well, that the work of the Holy Spirit empowers Christians to discern truth and reject falsehood. The better we know the truth, the more easily we are at identifying a lie. That's the teaching work of the Holy Spirit. He comes and he's here for kingdom instruction. Now, I want to look at John 15, verse 26. It says, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will bear witness of Jesus to us, and then we will also bear witness of Jesus to others. That's pretty plain. When it comes to kingdom instruction, and this is what I want us to understand. 
When it comes to true kingdom instruction, we have not been fully taught until we are able to pass it on to others. See, kingdom instruction is not just about gaining more and more wisdom, more and more knowledge. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians 8, Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge, but this knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. See, kingdom instruction is about passing knowledge on to others so that they can pass it on to others. You are not fully experiencing the process of kingdom instruction until you pass on what you know to someone else. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will come. He will bear witness to you about me. And then what? We Bear witness to others. We have to share and press on what we have learned and teach it to someone else. The Holy Spirit comes and bears witness to us. He teaches us and then we bear witness and teach others. And Paul said this real clear in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And then we jump down to verse 24. It says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. Able to what? Able to what? And everybody says able to patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Our learning process is complete when we have passed on the knowledge and wisdom of the Bible to others, who then are able to pass it on to others. When we're, we don't submit to this, this work of the Holy Spirit in us, making us witnesses as he teaches, then what ends up happening is if we don't complete the process of kingdom instruction, we, we move from being uh, streams of living water to becoming the Dead Sea. See, the Dead Sea has water coming in, but it never goes out. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. But when we submit to what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do, then out of us flows streams of living water. The word of God flows to us. The Holy Spirit teaches us. He reminds us. We bear witness. After he's bared witness to us, then we bear witness to others. The Holy Spirit bears witness to others through us. That's kingdom instruction. And Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would come to us and he would teach us, 
He would remind us. He would bear witness to us concerning Jesus through the written word. And then he bears witness to others through us in a way that can teach others to therefore bear witness. That's a big process. Kingdom instruction has to have this entire process for it to be fully and truly kingdom instruction. Otherwise, we're not in full submission to the work of the Holy Spirit. These are the words of Jesus about the helper. What he's coming to do in us and what he's coming to do through us. So here's the question I have for us today. Where are you stuck? Now, I'm going to use the term level levels to help us see where we're at. There's no word in the Bible that is the levels or anything. I, I'm just a guy who loves video games, and uh, you work towards new levels in video games, and as you move up levels, the game gets more exciting and more interesting. So I'm just using my world. So I'm going to use this term levels. So where are you stuck at? Are you stuck at level zero? Not reading your Bible? Not worshiping daily? Are you stuck at level one? I'm reading and memorizing the Bible and I am worshiping daily. Are you stuck at level two? Where you're allowing the Holy Spirit to teach, remind, and apply the word of God to your everyday life. Or are you at level three where you're teaching others the word of God? Are you regularly sharing what the Bible says, the illumination that you're getting, the light? Are you regularly sharing that with someone on purpose? Or are you at level four? You're teaching others how to teach others the word of God. Now, God doesn't intend any of us to flunk out at any other level but four. That's the full process of what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do when he comes to us. He will teach us all things. He will remind us. And then his work in us is he bears witness that this is true. And then through us, we have to pass this on. Now, regardless of where we are, whatever level, we need the Holy Spirit at every single one of these levels. Every one, every stage of kingdom instruction requires the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And the Holy Spirit comes, and guess what? He really wants to do this work in us. 
Like he is really, that's what Jesus said he's coming to do. And he's got a job and he really, really, he is so eager to do all that Jesus promised he would do. He is so eager, so, so anticipating. He's just waiting for us to say yes. So where do you need to say yes? I'm not asking you to jump levels. I'm asking you to start the next one that you've not been working at. That's it. If you're not reading your Bible every day, if you haven't taken time to actually memorize Scripture besides John 3.16, then that's your next step. Start reading your Bible just every day, something. Start, pick a verse that, you know, I just, man, I need to memorize 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. I need to memorize John 3.16 again. I don't even know what that one was. Start there. And if you are in your word every day, then, then, are you allowing God to take that and remind you? Like when that voice comes up and says, remember, remember, are you rejecting that voice? Or are you saying, oh, you're right. I'm not going to do that. I will do this. That's application of what you're reading. Just because you read the Bible doesn't mean you're living it. And if you're doing that and you're like, I'm doing, I'm doing what I can. I'm not, we're not talking about perfection. Everybody hear this? But man, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm living. The word is rich with me. I'm really applying it to my life. I'm really trying to live it every day with the people that matter the most. Like not just on Sunday at church with, you know, Pastor Eric. Oh, I love you, Pastor. You're special and I'm not going to be mean. I'm talking to your spouse and your kids and your coworkers. Are you applying the word of God in your life with those relationships? And if you are, then are you now teaching? Who are you teaching? You're stuck if you're not teaching the word of God to someone else regularly. And it doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be a sermon. It just has to be, did you know the Bible said this? We should try living this way. Let's you and I do it together. (laughs) Let's live, love one another. Let's start with that one. Forgive one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Bear the burden of one another. Let's just do any one of those this week. All of us, the whole family. Let's teach it. And then we've got to get to that point where we are teaching others. Now, here's how you break the word down. This is how you help someone else. That's the process. So, your homework this week is to figure out where you're stuck in the process. And then you're going to make a commitment to start working with the help of the helper toward the next stage of your life in the Spirit. This isn't rocket science. But you know what? Christianity is crumbling in America because we are not doing the very simplest and basic parts of Christianity. It's failing. So, let's quit failing America 
Let's be the people of God that he needs us to be. Let's let the Holy Spirit come and do what Jesus said. He's coming for this reason. This is what he's come to do. And this is why he's come to do it. Let's be those people. And we'll see our nation turned around. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just want to say thank you for your presence. We thank you again, God, for Pentecost, that, that moment where the Holy Spirit came, and we thank you that he's still coming, God. He's still filling us. He's still leading us and guiding us and bringing light and application and interpretation and understanding and meaning. God, forgive us for not being a people who are learners. Forgive us for not allowing this teaching and reminding work not to have its full way in our lives, God. We ask that you would forgive us. God, forgive us for not allowing the Holy Spirit to bear witness in us and then become, and in turn, we bear witness of you to others. Forgive us for short-circuiting the process of kingdom instruction. God, we are people who, who streams of living water, we were designed and made in our new birth, in the rebirth. We were designed for streams of living water to flow through us. Forgive us if we've ever been like a dead sea, Lord. We just keep getting more and more knowledge, but we're not helping anyone else with it. We're not sharing it. Forgive us, God. So today I'm asking, Lord, the Holy Spirit would fill us again. Just ask them, just say, fill me again. Just, just ask him, just say, fill me again, Holy Spirit. Fill me again today, God. We leak. Paul said in Ephesians, be filled. Keep on being filled. Keep on being filled. So fill us again, Father, with the Holy Spirit, the precious, precious God, head, Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would challenge us and encourage us this week to move into kingdom instruction. Wherever we're at, God, help us to know where we need to go next. And Father, I just thank you. Thank you for mercy and grace and your kindness and your unconditional love. You're just just ready to just take us wherever we'll let you take us. And so we commit that we will go today. We love you, God. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.